Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Hello and welcome again to another edition of The Beat Podcast here. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance in real estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. Handling all of your insurance and real estate needs. Check them out. They are the proud title sponsor here of The Beat. And we are taping here Monday after the bye week or after in the bye week. We're in the bye week here, Joe. And it's got to feel weird to have an off week. I mean, you haven't really had a lot of traditional bye weeks in a while. And we'll get into Minnesota here in a second. But um, just to kind of catch your breath, we're just sitting up here like, man, we actually have time to, to think about doing a show right now. Yeah, no, it's nice. Uh, I got to wake up you know, not at 6 a.m. this morning. So taking advantage of it, letting the body recover. But it does feel weird not being out on the field right now. Yeah, when you told me uh, 9:30, I'm like, uh, I thought you figured you want to be sleeping later, but you're you're out, you're up, you're out, you're an old guy now. <laughs> this is sleeping in for me. This is 9:30 yeah, is like noon, exactly. Wait till you have kids, but you know, let's get into Minnesota. Obviously, not the the trip, the result anybody wanted um, out there, and you know, you guys as a defense came out of that game, out of the gates. Minnesota really had you on their heels early. Three touchdowns and a missed field goal in their first four possessions. There are only four possessions in the first half. But then you turned it around in the second half, forced two picks. You guys win the turnover margin plus two, and then four punts in a row after the two picks. So, I mean, you really, you know, for six straight possessions in the second half, held them to nothing on about 21 plays, I believe it was, or in that ballpark. Um, but just wasn't enough. I mean, it had to feel like just such a game of, two halves it really did um first half we were on our heels uh we know that they were a check with me offense and that's exactly what they did their coaches are telling them where to go with the ball they're getting a pre-snap run read getting a pre-snap uh, pass read knowing where the the bubble is knowing where the one-on-one is and uh we they they've been doing this to us for the last four years and we practiced all week and we just didn't get into it i think maybe we just wanted to just play our base call and just see if we, we got to win our one-on-ones, which we didn't. So it, it really was a tale of the two halves because then in the second half we came out. I mean, we had a fire under our ass and we were pissed off and we had some – We the same the, – the intensity that we that we brought the second half, we should have brought in the first. So when you say check with me, for our listeners that aren't as familiar with that, I mean, they're, they're looking in the box at your first look of what you're showing defensively on what they're showing. And then they call an, a different play in that situation, right? And do, were you guys not t- typically? I mean, I'm sure you were at some point. Where were you not changing your call with their call? You're just like, we're just going to stick in our call, right? So there's a 40 second play clock. So right after the play, the initial play ends, 40 seconds is back on the play clock, and they about take 10 seconds to uh, get lined up, and that's at 30, and then they have about 20 seconds of a check with me where. 
they're we call it purple, but they're checking at the sideline, uh, and the guys up in the box are telling the guys on the field to signal this or that. And what they're doing is they're looking for the one-on-one matchups in the past games, two safety high, one safety high, and then they're looking for the bubble um, in the def- in the defensive front. Like, where can we run the ball? Where can we gain the most hats? Like, wh- do we want to run front side counter here or, or backside trap, you know? And to make us wrong. It's a, it's a chess match out there. It really is. It's a numbers game. Yes. So we knew we prepared all week to purple. But like I said, like we, we stayed in our base call. We just have to win our matchups. And we did it. And you had to know that opening drive, they were going to throw the kitchen sink at you. They had a bye. They had two weeks to get ready, get healthy. They're at home. I mean, how much different did they come out with um, in terms of some of the balances and the unbalanced looks and some of the things they were doing in that opening drive? You could tell they had fresh legs, and they definitely came out way more intense than we did. So those, with that being said, it, it was the way it was. We got our you know tails kicked in. So it was a perfect storm, and I could sit here and say we got to learn something from it, which we do, but it, it is disappointing. And this isn't how we drew it up, and we got we to gotta do everything in our power to, to change the outcome of the future games. I got to ask you, um, Coach Frost and um, one of the captains, Cam Taylor Britt, made a comment after the game that you know, he, they could see that this team, you guys maybe didn't have the same laser focus, just kind of flipping from three straight night games to playing at 11 a.m. on the road. What did you see from that perspective? Yeah, I think that we could have done a better job of preparing ourselves if Coach and, and Cam saw that we were flat in the morning then. Uh, let's do something about it. What does that mean? I mean, guys just kind of like, eh, wake me up when we get to the stadium. I mean, like, what what does that mean? I don't know. Like, guys are awake. I mean, like, I was locked in. I was awake. I can only speak on myself, but even other guys. Like, I don't I don't really know how you could say that um, without assuming. And uh, it, it really is just kind of an excuse, but we just got to own up. That's I mean, that's the first and foremost thing you got to do is you got to have extreme ownership in our program. Um, from top to bottom and until guys take responsibility for their part in the pie like, we're never going to get this thing right so it, it's it's a top-down thing and what happens in between the lines happens between the lines but I'm not naive enough not to know that everything outside the lines affects what goes on within the lines you're listening here to the beat podcast uh, brought to you as we said this to, uh, top of the show by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate and one of the cool things that we've done on this show Jojo um, over the last several weeks is the Husker Heartbeat Give Back um, with Edgewater. And each week, Edgewater gives $1,000 um, along with JoJo Doman and the Beat Podcast to different Nebraska-based charities. And this week being a bye week, we don't have um, a charity that we're going to honor. And said so we're just going to talk about kind of the, some of the things that we've been able to do, JoJo, here. And, you know, you've got some of the numbers and figures in front of you. Um, but obviously this has been, I think one of the coolest things that you've been able to do with NIL in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a blessing to meet new people and create new relationships. I mean, after a handful of home games, I get to meet with people after the game and uh, I'm even wearing one of the bracelets. Um, so it's, it's fun and it's interpersonal and hopefully it's making real impact. Yeah, and to date, um, Edgewater Insurance Real Estate and JoJo Doman have donated more than 7,500 to local children's charities in Nebraska and JoJo's hometown of Colorado Springs. Additionally, we estimate that Husker fans have donated another $10,000. So over $17,500 have 
gone to charities on behalf of this show that we're doing. And we still have got a few weeks left to go here in the season. But uh, so far, we've honored Pro Football Camp, um, which is something very close to you and your family, obviously. Angels Among Us, Youth for Christ, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Cure Search, um, Kai Nolan, um, who, you know, we had him on the show and that was a really cool thing. And then we started out with Team Jack. So uh, lots of great uh, charities, JoJo, that you guys have been able to to really, um, you know, give to and give some exposure to and let people know more about. Yeah, it's been awesome. Each and every one of them are special in their own way. And uh, great. I'm just so glad that we're doing this and it, it's humbling to be in this position. So uh, we got what do we got. We got four, four games. More of these. Four, four games left. Yeah. yeah. Four more games left. We got two. There's another. It's kind of confusing because there's all these buys. You know, you got this buy, then two more games, then another buy. Yep. Um, so, you know, just <laughs> the, the, back, the the front of the schedule is a sprint, and now it feels more like a slow jog with all these bye weeks built in. Yeah, we'll take it. All right. Well, we've got a full show on tap. Who's coming up to the studio? We got Phelan Sanford. Binkelman. Binkelman's finest. He's going to be sponsored by Edgewater's Binkelman location. I know they're going to be excited to hear Phelan, who is one of the better special teams guys on this team right now. Um, I believe he and Isaac lead the team in total snaps played on special teams. And those guys have been playing really good. I mean, they've covered kicks. Anybody that's tried to run it out in the recent weeks has not gotten to the 25. They've been pinned around the 20 or 18. So, uh, we'll hear more from Phelan about his role on special teams and growing up in Binkelman. And uh, that's all next here on this week's edition of The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And we're back here on The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. From Omaha to Binkelman to everywhere in between, servicing all of your insurance and real estate needs, a local-owned Nebraska company, proud sponsor here of The Beat. But this segment of The Beat brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Get on into Tanner's. It is where you might see JoJo Doman watching some football this week, getting a hot lip quesadilla. That, that's the go-to. A spicy ranch. We're going to get Brett to like name the hot lip quesadilla. And by the way, Bryce. That'd be fire. And the commercial we did with Bryce, I just saw a mock draft. Bryce is number 18 on a mock draft right now. McGowns. Isn't he the younger brother? Yeah, the younger one that has not played a game yet. Wow. So someday, like, Brett just better hold on to that commercial because it could be worth a lot more if if that plays out. But it's only leased through February, though, so they'd have to. Re-up. Yeah, they would. <laughs> Renegot- yeah, Teddy put that clause in there. Yeah, we made sure we put that in there. <laughs> well, get on into Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill this weekend. Watch all of the baseball. I'm a Dodgers fan. Not very happy about the 2-0 deficit to the Braves. Uh, but let's get into our next interview. Uh, we've got Phelan Sanford here, uh, Binkelman native, um, connected to our, our proud sponsor, Edgewater, here as they've got a branch in Binkelman. Uh, Joe, take it away. Yeah, we got Binkelman's finest in the building right now. We got a good friend and even a better teammate, Phelan. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity to come on. Yeah, but let's just jump right into it. Um, kind of let me know, let our listeners know. Uh, start at the top. Uh, talk us, walk us through your football journey. 
Hmm. Okay, so I always knew growing up wanted to play football. I was playing college football. So when I got the opportunity, um, I, originally I started at Hastings College, which is an NAIA school in the middle of Nebraska. Um, after a year of being there, I decided that I wanted some a bigger challenge, more competition to play with. Um, so I d- decided to come up here to Nebraska. Um, I had a medical redshirt at Hastings, had surgery when I was there. So I didn't play my freshman year there. Came here, was ineligible my first year to play because of the transfer. So uh, my first two years of college, I practiced and never played in a game. So then finally, Coming on to last season was my first time stepping on the field in three years. Wow. And then this year, finally getting some more playing time. Um, then I have two more years after this one. So Justin Fields can transfer and play right away, but my boy Phelan's <laughs> got to sit out a year. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Got to get a good lawyer. <laughs> True. And you play quarterback, too. Um, what did you have surgery on? Uh, I had shoulder surgery when I was at Hastings. Okay. And then I've had couple surgeries since I've been here as well yeah so okay when you made a decision in your head like I want I want more I want to play somewhere bigger different whatever it was um what made what led you to Nebraska um I've always been a Husker fan I grew up in Nebraska um I originally got or was kind of getting recruited by Mike Riley's staff when he was here um at the time it just wasn't the right fit I wanted to go somewhere where I thought I wanted to go somewhere I could play for four years, start for four years type of thing. Right. And just play football because I loved playing football. Um, then after, yeah, being there for a year, I mean, all respect to my guys at Hastings. I still stay in touch with them. Um, some of those guys are having great seasons this year. Um, but I just, it wasn't what I was looking for. I wanted something yeah. a little a little more. So came up here and it's been the challenge that I was looking for. Did you have to try out, or did they prefer walk-on, uh, or how that worked? Yeah, so I had I had uh, known Kenny Wilhite. Uh, he recruited me when I was in high school. Um, so then when my when the transfer opened up, I decided I was transferring. Um, I actually got in contact with him again, and then he contacted Coach Frost and the staff, and then they allowed me to just come and be on the team. They remembered from high school, and they still wanted me, which I'm super thankful for that. No doubt. Now, what's your uh, – What's your favorite part about football? Mm. Um, I knew in high school that I wanted to keep playing football because I enjoyed practice. And so every day in practice, I have fun playing football, no matter what we're doing. If it's a drill, I enjoy it. Um, And I played basketball as well in high school, and I knew I didn't want to go do that because I didn't like basketball practice. I liked the games but I didn't like basketball practice, so I knew football was my route because I would enjoy it every day regardless. That's interesting. Um, now, how did you – you're one of the fastest guys on our team. And Did you test second in the 40? First. You were first in yeah. the 40? Yeah. Um, what was your the, time? Um, they, we did the auto of like electronic four yeah. or five, which was like converted to like a 4-3 or something like that yeah. for electronic or handheld or – now, where'd you get that speed from is what I'm curious. <laughs> um, I don't know. My my dad played football in high school, um, ran track a little bit, and my mom was a cheerleader um, growing up, but both of them are still very active, very athletic. So um, I don't know. They just – it was in them, I guess. They just didn't have the opportunities that I got to be able to show it. Right. Opportunities are everything, man. 
Um, okay, so having this opportunity to walk on here, to even be given a scholarship, um, I know it's kind of you got one, then you don't got one, then you got one again. Right. Um, what how, what does that mean to you, and, and what are you trying to do with this opportunity? I mean, that's everything from for a kid that lives and grows up in Nebraska. That's what you dream of. You want to walk on in Nebraska. Like a lot of a lot of kids when they're younger, like they like that's what they think they're supposed to do. They're supposed to walk on. They're supposed to come here um, and then earn a scholarship and then uh, go from there. But yeah, I mean, it was huge for me to be able to just for school, like. I was running low on being able to pay for school, and so the scholarship came at the perfect time for me because I was starting to look for jobs. I was starting to do this to yeah. be able to pay for school and keep doing what I love, and then I didn't expect it at all. Um, when Jared was here, pulled me in, told me about it um, in January, and then thought I was going to be taking off and coming into this fall. Um, then they let me know that I was back on it again. So. Uh, yeah, I'm extremely grateful for them to look at me in that way and trust me to play to the ability of a scholarship player. Right. Okay, so you found out you love football in high school. You go to Hastings, you have a shoulder injury. Um, still doesn't discourage you. You still have your mindset on playing ball, and you even want to up the ante and play somewhere bigger. Um, talk to me a little bit about like your mindset and your perspective on, on life and adversity and what drives you to just keep to keep going um wow so <laughs> where where i'm from is a, a huge part of kind of who i am um i know because there's only been one other guy that went to my high school to play division one football um so anytime i'm doing anything in life i know that's what i'm representing i'm representing all those people back home i'm giving all those kids back home like you don't have an excuse to not be able to go do these things. Um, just because you're from a small town, people say, oh, you can't get recruited from a small town, or you don't have the competition, you don't have the coaches, you don't have the training yep. from a small town to be able to do it, so forget it. Like, I came from there, I'm doing it. And so, um, yeah, I just constantly in the back of my head, that's who I am, that's where I'm from, that's what I have to represent is all those people. The, all those those limiting factors fueled you to keep going. Yeah, I love that. Yep. Sometimes we need that, and sometimes we don't know what we need before we have it. And our circumstances in life ultimately, um, you know, kind of pave the path of of what we walk down. So it's what we do with it. Right. Um, is the philosophy I live by. And uh, man, dude, love love to hear your story. Um, <laughs> let's do it. All right, let's pick up this uh, conversation Phelan, when we come back. You're listening here to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. <laughs> You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And we're back here on The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, Binkelman's own, Phelan Sanford, as we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. As we uh, make our way here through the show, this segment, though, is brought to you by S&W Fence for your best defense in the game. Check out S&W Fence, voted best of Omaha four out of five years. 
serving all of your commercial and residential fencing needs. S&W Fence, a proud sponsor here of the Beat Podcast. And as we talk here with Phelan Sanford, Phelan, I want to ask you about small town Nebraska, growing up in Binkelman. Let, I mean, let our listeners know, I mean, what is, what is it like? What's the town of Binkelman like? Um, you know, what, what was your path out of Binkelman as far as getting notice and maybe the challenges that young men like you around Nebraska face trying to get exposure growing up in these eight man communities and even in smaller class C communities? <clears throat> yeah. So Binkelman's a town of, oh, I think the signs say 900, but I'm pretty sure it's estimated around like the high 700s now. It's just slowly getting smaller and smaller. Um, Is there yeah. a bar? Oh yeah, there's three bars. <laughs> there's three of them. We got yeah, we got like three bars. We got we got one pretty nice restaurant. Um, Any pretty girls? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's a few down <laughs> okay. there. Okay. There's a few down there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the hardest part. Um, was coming from that is the exposure part of it. Um, but I mean, anything you want, you're going to have to do something to get it. Um, luckily, I had a great coach that came in that had a lot of connections. Um, so he would send my film out, and uh, he was well-respected um, through high school football and because uh, he coached in California for a long time. And so he came to Binkman, knew a lot of people, told me um, what to do and how to do it with – like getting your huddle film out there and stuff. And he would send it to coaches because he said most coaches aren't going to open emails or film from a player, but from a fellow coach. So they'll uh, Good advice. go look at that. So, yeah, his kids should have coaches that send them in um, that are respected. And then, I mean, it's just playing football. You got to do what you love. And then somebody has to give you the opportunity because – there's a lot of kids that look really good in eight-man football, but coaches don't know what the competition is. They don't know, yeah, he made a great play, but how good is that quarterback? How good is the guy that he's uh, playing against? Um, so then playing multiple sports is huge, too. You just have more chances to get your so name Did you play basketball there. or did you wrestle? I played basketball and uh, then did track in the spring. And I think the biggest reason I was ever recruited for football was because of track. I would have a track coach call me um, from a college, and I would say, hey, um, just to be honest, I want to play football. I can do both if you want, but I won't go there just to run. What you run the 100 in? Ooh, I think the fastest is 10-8, 10-7, 10 So you probably won Class D? Or uh, we were in Class C, C for oh, track. That is nuts. Like yeah. how? I mean, you're 700 people town. You had to go yeah, to we, uh, we lost a coin toss to get up. To go down so you probably ran against feet. that Norfolk Catholic kid. That yeah, that's why I didn't run it. I didn't run the 100 and 200 because of Dylan Couts. Dylan Couts, yeah. Ethan Piper's teammate, JoJo, was this five-foot-five kid. that mm -hmm. probably, He ran 10-5, 10-6 electronic. Yeah. I mean, probably the fastest guy out of the blocks you'll yeah. ever see. Yeah, he has our state all-class state record in the 100 now, I'm pretty sure. Wow. So that's why you didn't win the 100. It was Dylan Couts. I didn't even run it at state. Because you're like – so I was like, I'll go win something else. That's smart. Let him win those. <laughs> That's go. crazy. I didn't even put that together, but yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I'll go hurdle. You can do those. <laughs> now, uh, all right, transitioning here. We're in a tough situation right now. We're three and five, and we've lost some games, but had some moral victories from them. 
and here we did here we are coming off a weekend where we had a moral and a physical loss um got beat by a team that we are very capable of beating mm -hmm. more often than not uh going into our bye week and then finishing out this season strong how do we proceed as a program from your perspective uh, I think we have to be smart on this bye week. Um, I mean, we had eight games in a row, plus we played a week zero, so we didn't have a break between fall camp and our first game. So then you have the three, four weeks of fall camp before that. So we're on 12 weeks of a straight grind right now. Um, so I think using this smart to recover, um, get our bodies back to somewhat healthy so that we can, so that we can prepare like we need to to win. Uh, I feel like that's kind of hurt us recently. We got guys banged up, so they can't be all out in practice. They uh, can't do this or that all week, but then they got to try to do it on Saturday. And so I think if we can get healthier, we prepare better, we play better. I I could not agree more with that. Um, okay. People questioning our culture and people questioning our character after this game, Husker fans are. Um after a, a, a performance like that, I mean, I, I could see, I can see the validity in that. Mm -hmm. What would your message be to the Husker fans that that want to jump ship or, or that don't believe in us at this moment? Um, I think we had we had a bad game. Um, those happen, um, unfortunately. Uh, you can't have your best game every week. Um, but I think we, I mean, we're definitely going in the right track. I think you can turn on the film from any game this year and see um, those little things that are getting so much better than they were three, four years ago. Um, so I, I don't buy in a whole lot to what everyone has to say on Twitter or anything. Um, I try to keep that out of my life as much as possible. Um, and then I try just to not be, not let the get highs get too high and not let the lows get too low. Um, great things are happening you gotta bring yourself back down get your nose back on the grindstone if you're way too low you can't sink and um, start having a negative mindset about um, what you're going into absolutely I had a thought last night and I'm gonna share it right here I had a thought that we we all come from a place of unconditional love I mean the universe at its conception was 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 a gift of unconditional love by our creator, whatever form and however we uh, conceptualize that. Mm -hmm. um, but yet we live in a world of conditional love and that people will, will love you and praise you right. when you're doing well, but then will jump shit when you're not. And it, it, it's crazy. It, it's very human of us, mm -hmm. but it's also, it's, it's also crazy. And it's like, there's a balance out there and, and, you know, being on this side of the spectrum, we'd love to see the unconditional love and the unconditional fans. Um, like we play for you. Um, we are you like that. That is, that is the epitome of Nebraska football. It, even though we do block it out, it's still, we still hear the noise, right? We yeah. still hear the noise and that's tough. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're 18 to 24 year old, uh, young man. Right. So just throwing that out there. Um, transition in here into a to a lighter subject um i asked this a couple podcasts ago what do you think your personal superpower is like what's your greatest asset what makes you special phelan sanford mm. um i would say work ethic 
um, just because of where I grew up and how you have to what you have to do at small towns like that if your um, neighbor has something happen you got to go help them out um, if you got to wake up at this time in the morning to go get chores done before you can go to school uh, stuff like that so yeah I think my work ethic is going to be the best thing I bring to any place that I am absolutely what so, kind of summer jobs did you work growing up um, I had a few uh, first job I ever I, first real job I ever had was like summer before seventh grade um, I worked for a well drilling company um, so we would kind of oil uh, for like windmills mostly so like water wells uh, so we'd work on windmills and stuff so through junior high I got to climb a bunch of windmills and uh, fix those so that was that was a good experience. Um, then I worked for like a cement construction company for a summer. And then like my three summers of uh, high school, I worked on like ranches and farms. Now I've been, I've been a strictly special teams guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a strict special teamer. And it was tough for me as a, as a 19 year old to kind of manage, like to energy manage myself of playing, you know, only 15 to 20 snaps a game mm-hmm. and each play is like anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes apart from right. one another. How do you how do you handle that? Yeah, um I'm still working on figuring that out. Um recently I've been hopping on the bike in between drives and stuff. Um just trying to be able to stay warm is the hardest part is you sprint on kickoff they expect you to be at your full speed. Yep. And now go stand on the sideline for 15 minutes and do it again. Yep. Yeah. And, and so then you just try to keep moving on the sidelines. Uh, I'm on the bike a lot. Um, but then just staying locked into the game mentally, too, to know because every time it's ever third down or the ball's ever in the red zone, I need to I need to be ready and be, like, on the mat, um, ready for whatever possible special teams could happen. No doubt. It's a three-and-a-half-hour game, and that's, right. a, that's a long time to stay locked in. Right. So – Phelan, appreciate you joining us. Absolute pleasure, brother. And let's get back to work this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Real quick, what's the story with the hair? <laughs> if you haven't seen Phelan, he's got really long hair. And how long have you been growing that out for? Um, I think it took me about a year and a half, and now I've just been keeping it at this length for the past year. Just trim it up? Yeah. yeah. My uh, In high school, my mom, well, I couldn't have long hair for basketball. Uh, Coach's had, rule? Yeah, couldn't have a hair. Couldn't have a Long hair, past your shoulders, or a beard. Good old Nebraska. It had to be clean shaven. Yeah. So now oh, I, will, yeah. I will never be clean shaven, and I will probably have long hair forever. <laughs> I was curious like how, how long it took, but I'd imagine, uh, yeah, it took a while. I, as you yeah. can see, I have that problem too. Right, right, yeah. Well, hey, Phelan, thank you for coming in and joining us here on The Beat. When we come back, uh, JoJo's going to take some questions. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. 
servicing all of your insurance and real estate needs. That's Edgewater Insurance. But this segment of the program brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers. They are actually having their big fall special right now. Um, everything is marked down. It is the best time to go into Gary Michaels Clothier. So uh, check them out. I got my mailer when I got back from Minnesota. I told my wife, I'm go, well, I might need to stop into Gary Michaels and, and get some new ties and, and look at some different options they have in there. It is your elite custom men's sportswear store here in Lincoln. Uh, but Jojo, let's get into um, my mailbag. This is we have we've got some mailbag questions from the Red Sea Scrolls and Husker Online. Um, but I want to go right away. Eight, eight straight games in a row. I mean, you knew this was going to be a grind. Um, you knew it was going to have its ups and downs. I mean, you think about how high we, people were after Northwestern, and even how optimistic people were last week to now where things are at. Yep. What has this eight weeks done to you mentally and physically? Man, it's been a grind. I mean, this was our season last year, an eight-game season. Um, this is it. So to go eight straight, and it, it definitely has been a grind. It's tested my mental fortitude. It's, it's tested me emotionally, and it's absolutely tested me physically. And, I mean, we are playing a team that's coming fresh off a bye, and it, it showed. And we were talking earlier, like, they came in with a plan. They executed, and... We also came in with a plan. We just didn't execute. And it, when you break it down, you can look at everything. But I think that's what it boils down to. How do you guys, this bye week, you know, they're only going to practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, then Sunday. And the Purdue week, you're going to have Monday off. So really just two. And the way I understand it is because you started fall camp so early, um, everybody in college football gets the same amount of days, um, even if you play week zero. So, like, you have to have more days off on your buys. Like, where Illinois, they chose to start four days later so they could have some more bye week practices. I mean, I, which, what, what, if you were drawing it up, would you be more in favor of kind of how you're doing it right now with, you know, the in-season rest versus – I'm guessing guys wouldn't be too thrilled. You're like, we're going to go four practices, um, full pads, two or three days over the bye week. Yeah, I remember it was like that, I think, two years ago where, like, we practiced every day on our bye week. Under Frost or yeah. under Riley? Frost. So I'm pretty sure I like it this way. Like I'd prefer it this way. I'm cool with the week zero. Um, get off our feet. Allow guys to catch up on school. Allow guys to get their bearings. You know, get some time away from football. Even go home see some family for some local guys. So um, I'm in favor of just how it is, and we just really have to, you know, optimize it and, and get right this week so we can fully give ourselves to the grind next week. No, it's fall break Monday, Tuesday. Um, like when you go practice Tuesdays, a little bit later even just so people can get that extra hour of sleep or is it still the same morning time? You know, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I'm sure it'll be a little later. Like an hour later. Yeah. I mean, that extra hour makes a difference. It absolutely does. It's an hour of extra sleep. And I know Dave Ellis and, you know, all those people in that world, I mean, they, they want to give you as much. At this time of the year, sleep is like, Ben. I heard Ben Stilley at the press conference the other day say it's like 12 hours of sleep a night. I live with the guy. He's not lying. Um, sleep, sleep is a weapon. You know, it's when you, when you're sleeping, your body's releasing um, your hormones that heal your body, your brain, and your body. So, it really is a weapon if you utilize it like that. And yeah, this is, this is a time to catch up on that. You're listening here to the beat as we take questions in the mailbag. I want to ask you about PJ Fleck. You, you know, you've played against him now. All six years at Nebraska, he's got – I guess he hasn't been there all six. He's been there, I think, five. 
Um, he's got a different style as a head coach. Now that you've kind of watched and observed him the last five years, what do you think of him and his style? And, you know, now that you're done, I mean, we can kind of talk more about stuff like this playing. You're not going to play Minnesota ever again. Right. So um, you don't have to worry about um, anything. But what do you think of a guy like Fleck and his style? Well, I mean, it's easy to judge a book by its cover. Um, but just trying to look at it objectively, like he gets his guys to play for him. And they, they win games. Um, they win games that they're maybe not even supposed to. So you got to respect him for that. And, I mean, just the sheer fact to get guys um, to play for you is, is is tough in and of itself. So that, that's the name of the game. I mean, Nick Saban has all the talent in the world, but if those guys didn't play for Nick Saban and play for Alabama and lay it all on the line, they wouldn't be as good as they are. Did you watch any college football when you got back Saturday night? I didn't. Do you see any of the Lane Kiffin stuff at Ole Miss like after the fact? I did see that. That's crazy. Did he, he catch that thing midair? Well, they they threw like mustard bottles, chew spitters, beer cans. Evidently, there was a bad call, and then it just led to like everybody throwing stuff on the field. And that's out. That's crazy. He caught the golf ball, and then puts it in his pocket, and he's going to keep the golf ball. I mean, Lane Kiffin. You know, of all the people, like it's funny how like the blue check mark Twitter people. I mean, everybody loves Lane Kiffin, and, and he almost, in today's world, it seems like he's the kind of guy you wouldn't like, but everyone loves him on social media. Yeah, I mean, I don't really keep up with Lane on social media, but I mean, shit. He's a one-liner. He has good. You know, he's a he's a Husker. His dad played. His dad was Is a coach he? here. I didn't even. Did know you know that. Monty Kiffin? You didn't know Monty Kiffin. So Monty Kiffin played at Nebraska for Bob Devaney. Okay. And he was the defensive coordinator for Bob Devaney, and the offensive coordinator was Tom Osborne. Pretty good coaching staff. Wow. You learn something new every day. Yeah, uh, Lane's brother Chris was a coach for Polini's staff. He was a he was like an intern or um, analyst type guy. Married a Husker women's basketball coach that was an assistant for them. The wedding was in Lincoln. Lane Kiffin like golfed in Lincoln at Lincoln Country Club, and I mean he he's been around here before, um, but he's kind of tied to Nebraska, obviously. So I was I follow him just for that reason because gotcha. you know his dad is from Lexington, Nebraska, which you know. Is, out in the central part of the state. And, you know, there's just a, kind of that Husker connection to him that captivates me following for some reason the Kiffins. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I get it. You're a diehard. Barrett Rude played for Monty Kiffin, too, in, in Tampa. He was drafted by Monty Kiffin. I wonder if we have any pull. Get him here. <laughs> Help out. Get a, well, Monty. Uh, so I've been to Lane. I went to Lane's camp, and Monty would always talk to us there, uh, but like he was off limits to interview. I don't think Lane wanted him talking. Just kind of leave leave dad alone. You right, know, he's eighty some years old. He's now. done his time. But yeah, he was he was always cool. But listening here to the beat podcast, Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman. I, I want to ask you to. I know this is tough, but about Eric Shenander, and we we didn't hit on this yet, Joe. But um, what what a what a tough week um, for everybody, and you know, for Coach Shenander, his family. Um, I first of all, my thoughts and prayers um, go out to Coach Shenander and his wife and his family and. Um, you know, everything that that he's battled through these last few days, tragically losing his father. Yeah, that was tough. You know, when football is a family and when you when when one of us gets gets hurt or loses someone like we all lose someone. So that's kind of how I how I look at it. And I mean, you could you could feel it from him. You could just by looking at him, you can you can just feel his energy and he was hurting and it's a tough situation. And I said in my 
um, press conference after the game. Like he's a warrior for sticking with us and and still coaching with us and and battling through the adversity that he's facing right now. So a lot of respect to coach and it was it was tough because you're, you're preparing all week for a football game and then on Friday it's like your whole world stops. Football all of a sudden doesn't even matter anymore. Like bigger things, there, there's there's bigger things to life than just football and. And then you got to dial it back into football. Um, Had you met Gene Shenander before? I mean, in your time here? I met him once, like very briefly, just uh, walking past him, like in, in a team hotel before a game. F- former high school teacher and coach. So, I mean, just your classic coaching family, you know, and his son played at Iowa, Eric played at Iowa, and um, got into coaching after the fact. But yeah, just to see him with you guys. I just can't even imagine, you know, how you focus on football. And he did, you know, and he did it for his dad. And and I'm sure that was the hardest thing about Saturday that, you know, in your mind, I'm like, let's win this for shins. Let's give him the game ball yeah, and, and send him back home to Iowa, you know, knowing that he won this game in his father's honor. And that probably was the hardest part, I'm guessing, of, of Saturday's loss at Minnesota as much as anything. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was tough. And, uh, Winning and losing, like, you can allow it to define you or you can't, you know, and, it, and it's up to you. So we we still played in honor of, of Chins, and we played for Chins and, and Gene, and despite the result, like, I hope we still honored them. Um, we honored them just by going out there and competing, you know. It's like the, the, man, the man in the arena, you know. So <sighs> it's a tough situation. And, and just honestly reflecting on the game right now, like – we were vanilla in the first half. Like we, we were just trying, we were probably just trying to get our bearings back. Like, Oh, we're playing football again. Second half, we're giving them more than they can handle. We're changing the call three different times before the play even starts in the first half or we're just sending one defense. So, um, that, that it's everything. Dude, football takes everything. And to think it's just physical skill out there, there, or it's just a chess match. Like it, it's everything. When we come back, we're going to continue the mailbag discussion. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Doman. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Oh. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final segment here of The Beat, Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman. It's been a fun show here in the bye week, taping here on Monday morning, as this final segment of The Beat is brought to you by Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926. Pioneer is proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex and rewarding industry on earth. From your friends at Pioneer, Thank you, farmers, as many farmers busy out on the fields here, wrapping up harvest season here in the next few weeks um, and turning the page into 2022. But um, let's get into um, our mailbag segment here, JoJo, as uh, plenty of questions on Husker Online. Uh, I'm going to get to these questions. or we, We've kind of hit on um, some of these questions. Um, all right, first question here out of the gates of the mailbag is from Big Red Gal. Um you know, when how as a defense, how do you stay motivated when you get a turnover and like, all right, we just gave you the yeah. game on a silver platter offense, and yeah. then 
maybe it doesn't go that way and you have to come back out there again. Does that get to your head a little bit? Like, man, like we've just given you the ball two times. We're plus two now on turnovers and we can't get any points off it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, defense is very is is very selfless. Um you got to run to the ball and you got to play hard like no matter what the score is or no matter how your team's doing or the offense is doing. So first and foremost, defense is a very selfless um side of the ball and and when it comes to turnovers and then not capitalize on them, like it's tough. And but that's part of the game. Like when we were called to go out there on the 1-yard line, um, or when we were and when we were going out there with two minutes left and we needed to stop, like that's just, we got to do what's asked of us, and like that's how you got to think about it. If we're running out there and we're pissed off at this and that, and we're feeling sorry for ourselves, or like this isn't fair, like we're not going to be playing and executing to the best of our ability. So, I re- especially in the second half, we started just really just go with the flow. Like, hey, we 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 BS in the first half, like. We have no room for error this second half. Like we gotta, we gotta tidy up. No matter what circumstances we're put under, like we have to ball out. It's the bye week, JoJo. Uh, haven't had a lot of these um, over your time at Nebraska. What are you going to do on the bye week? I'm going to do everything in my power to get my body back. I'm gonna sleep at least eight hours a night every night, and uh, also get some just mental and emotional um, space. Um, from the game, and then also catch up on, you know, be able to watch more Purdue film and Ohio State film than I probably would be able to fit into one week with everything going on. So, you know, recovering, but also, you know, planning ahead is kind of how I look at using it. I got to imagine like a Monday off has to feel like a week off. I mean, just a Monday, because you're so used to Mondays being different and it been like 12, probably 14 straight Mondays of work, and, and here you guys get a, a break on a Monday even. Yeah, it's nice. Um, here we are taping at, you know, ten forty-five. So we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of it. I mean, you heard Phelan touch on it. Like it's been twelve, thirteen week straight grind, and and that is not only a physical grind, but a mental and an emotional grind. So um, from top down, we're gonna take this time and uh, come back rejuvenated. You're listening here to the beat as we take some questions um, in the mailbag. How did you see Minnesota's offensive game plan change after the second interception? This question was from Modest Harrison Beck. That's a good question. I think we all saw it change. Um, They ran about 80% unbalanced after the second interception, um, which is, you know, a way to create gaps on one side of the ball, more gaps on one side of the ball. And, uh, that that was that was their mo was basically just run the ball stop turning the ball over like we're already um minus two like we can't afford anymore um so yeah that's really how it changed got a question kind of a couple people asking about the unity council and and what you guys do explain the unity council how many players are on it and how do you guys hold players accountable yeah there's about 15 of us and um it's orchestrated by frost and he's the one that kind of like decides who's in there and um really it's our it's the voice of the locker room and we come together and we talk about the good the bad the pretty the ugly and ways to improve and and mostly like how do we handle situations so um i mean we've brought in underclassmen who have 
you know, been on the accountability list far too much and just like giving them a chance to, to speak their truth and where they're coming from. And then also, um, like helping them out and giving them like a, a, a broader perspective on, Hey, like I, we see your struggle, we hear you in your struggle, but we, we got to find a way out of this and we're here to help you. And then, so yeah, it, it's just a way that we manage the locker room that we manage our team. And we've taken a lot of steps in the right direction, um, in that unity council. And we have to con- continue to do so. Um, especially with the adversity um, that we're facing right now. Like it's on the leaders of this team to continue to put us in the right direction and, and really step up to the challenge instead of fold. Got a, not a question here, but a comment Um, S one four four here in the uh, question says, does Jojo know how much we appreciate the way he has represented our school and the state during his career? And I will always continue to root for him for the next 50 years or so. Just, a lot of people, I think, appreciate <laughs> your honesty. And, I mean, you've lived a tough six-year career with injuries and obviously coaching changes and, um, you know, just all the things you've dealt with. And, you know, it's coming down to the back stretch now. Well, do you guys know how thankful I am for the opportunity to play here and um, what this means for the state and the and the support that this team and this program has? And it's it's been an absolute honor to grow as a man within this program and, I will look back on my time at Nebraska with smiles and a, and a happy heart because I put, I laid everything on the line. I grew, I failed, I succeeded and I, and I, and I stayed 10 toes down through it all. So I couldn't be more thankful for this opportunity and the ups and downs of it. And man, I wish, I wish we had more to show for it. But also, I'm I'm fully in acceptance of where we are right now, and it it's always been more than wins and losses here. I said it at the beginning of the year, like football and my time at Nebraska has always been deeper than just the wins and losses, and and at a time like this, like I have to double down on that, you know, like as a as a playmaker, as a leader, as a just as an energy force out on that field, I have to bring it, and even when our back's up against the wall and, and people stop believing in us or people jump ship or people are questioning the culture and the character of our program. I can't take it personally. I have to, I have to allow it to fuel me to be better. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, Joe, make me this promise when you're playing somewhere next year um, in the NFL, if the bye weeks match up down the road, you got to come back on your bye weeks, come back to home games on your bye weeks in the NFL. Yeah. And you know, people will obviously really appreciate just seeing you back here. I'm sure when you're done. Yeah, dude. that. Yeah, I'll be back. All right. Well, hey, this has been a good show. We're going to tape again later this week um, and drop the next the show for, uh, Monday as well. So kind of a different taping schedule this week, but uh, we'll have another show dropping next Monday. Um, but make sure you get online, follow us um, on Twitter. Uh, check us out as uh, you heard at the start of the show, um, our Husker Heartbeat give back. Um, Check us out at Edgewater Insurance on Instagram um, and and also on Twitter to find out more about the show and the Dominator website as well, thedominator.com, to find out more about the Husker Heartbeat Give Back. And follow us, like us, subscribe to us as you can find the Beat Podcast on the Husker Online channel on anywhere that you can find podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.